Reality of Truth podcast. Let's go. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Welcome, friends. Don't we all want to look better? Don't we all want to be sexier? More attractive? Look ourselves in the mirror and say, that's one handsome gentleman. That is one pretty lady right there. I know you all want to feel that, but let's face it, not everybody's attractive. Some are more attractive than others. Some are naturally attractive. They just have that skin that just looks awesome. And you wonder, what do they do? Do they have a regimen or are they naturally beautiful or handsome? And then there's those times where you say, age has actually improved their looks like they say about many men. As men get older, sometimes they become more attractive. I hope I'm one of those. Well, anyway, today's topic's gonna be about skin because we all wanna look awesome, don't we? Start off right away and say that this topic is so big, there's no way I can cover it in just one episode. So we're gonna kinda do a crash course again, like we've done several times because I just can't get all the information to you. So I'm just gonna kinda do an overview in many different topical thoughts and strategies. Also going to give you some things to think about that you maybe you have never thought about before with your skin or your body. Just know this is not an exhaustive episode. This is more of a general overview of your skin health. All right, so let's go. I started learning about nutrition originally when I had acne in high school. It wasn't really, really bad. I had sort of like a medium type, not like a couple, but not like a lot, sort of in between. Then after high school, I started learning about nutrition because I was tired of having pimples. Then I went to Russia on a trip and got sick. When I came back, that really made me delve into nutrition. I say that to tell you that the skin issue is personal to me. It actually started my journey of learning nutrition. So this topic is a little more personal. I guess it would be for you too. We all want to look awesome, don't we? We all want to look in the mirror and say, wow, I got smooth skin, no wrinkles, no blackheads, no pimples, no weird discoloration or red spots or scaly skin or any number of stuff. But once you understand what the skin really is, then you know what you can do to make it better. It's your largest organ. I know you've heard that before, but still, it's pretty cool to think about. It's your largest organ you have in and on your body. It weighs on average eight or nine pounds, depending on how big you are. The average person, eight or nine pounds, and has a surface area of over two yards squared. That's like three of your bath towels laid out next to each other keeps all the water inside your body while also maintaining proper amounts of hydration, whether you're exercising or just sitting around doing nothing. It regulates your temperature. And then if you damage the surface of your skin, you can lose up to 75 times more water through that damage, like a burn or a cut or anything. If you do burn yourself, you lose water through the burn, and then you can die of dehydration if it's a large enough burn. It protects you from invasions of chemicals and pathogens. You also have billions of skin cells that die and are replenished every single day. Did you hear me? I said 
billions. I didn't say millions or thousands. It's in the billions. Your entire epidermis is replaced every couple of weeks. So that means you have all new skin every two weeks. So over a lifetime, you've shed 40 pounds of dead skin. And then, of course, the craziest thing is all that stuff ends up in the air, in your mattress, if it's a regular type mattress, not one of the foam ones. It's in your clothing. It's in your couch. It's anywhere that you touch your body that's porous. You know what I mean? Did you know that they say, you know, the infamous they, that you've actually breathed in a skin cell from somebody who lived thousands of years ago, that they're still floating around everywhere. I don't know if that's true, but that's what they say. Their estimates are that it takes 200,000 frowns to make a permanent line on your face. I don't know if I've smiled 200,000 times. I guess I have. But if I haven't, then how come I don't have a line where my smile is? Hmm, that's interesting. So we have several different types of skin glands. Most famous is the ecrine sweat gland. Or maybe you pronounce it ecrine. E-C-C-R-I-N-E. Doesn't matter. In just a single square inch of your palm, you have about 3,000 of those. But on the soles of your feet, each foot has a total of quarter of a million. That's why your feet stink. Ew. So because we all want to look totally beautiful and handsome, we do all kinds of things to make that happen. We do the four P's. The letter P. We primp, we preen, we poke, and we pluck. Come on, guys. You do it too. You're not out of this. Not just the women. Men do it just as much as women do. Maybe we might not use many products, but we do just as much primping. But I get it. Everybody wants to look good. Now, for the basics of good skin. You need food, sun, pure water, fresh air. Stop wearing petroleum products for clothing. You know what I mean. Showering in chlorine and eating GMO food. Those are just real basic things you can do to improve your skin and your overall health. Because if your overall health is good, your skin will be good. Stop wearing plastic clothes. Now, to get down to the basics, if you bring it all the way down, where does the quality of your skin come from? It comes from your mitochondria. I've discussed this in so many of my episodes, but essentially, it is the basis for health of any of your cells. So if you have bad mitochondria and you have bad skin, simple as that. I will go into more details. Don't you worry. I won't geek out too much in this episode, but we'll talk a little bit here and there. The other one that's really important for skin health is balancing your interleukin. I use that as a general term, interleukin. You have these interleukins. They're proteins that can be beneficial or negative. And when they get out of balance, it affects your skin. They've got a ton of science on this. There's no debate. Mitochondria and interleukins are very, very important. We're not going to geek out too much on those right now. Maybe later we'll get into those. If you really want to, let me know. Otherwise, look up interleukins, I-N-T-E-R-L-U-E-K-I-N-S. 
All right, so let's start hitting all the good and bad things about skin health. I'm going to run all the way through these. There's no particular order, so follow me. First thing, if you want to cause many positive hormones that would stimulate repair in all areas of your body, that's exercise. Many of the same hormones that would be good to repair your body from overexertion will also inadvertently repair all other areas as well. Just because you exercise for your muscles doesn't mean it's not helping your teeth. It helps your hair growth. It helps your skin. It helps your digestion. It helps everything. The other benefit to exercise is blood flow. Exercise will improve your skin because without blood flow, that's a problem. In order to get everything you need to where it needs to go, you need blood flow. I've talked about blood flow quite a few times because flow in the body is essential. You don't want a stagnant pond. You want a running river. So if you're stagnant, your digestion can be weird. If it's moving properly, you're all good. One of the ways that you can just take a supplement to increase your circulation or blood flow is niacinamide. It is a form of B3. It just won't give you a niacin flush. You ever had a niacin flush from B3? Kind of weird. Some people love it. Others don't. The highest concentrations of niacinamide come from animal foods. So your top seven, all animal foods, not plants. If you're going to buy something, you can buy niacin or niacinamide. Those are both very inexpensive, work awesome, or just buy a B-complex if that's what you choose. Now we come to the most controversial part of this episode, the sun. The big bad killer of skin. Really? Is it? Let's see. You want blue and red light for your skin. It creates really good things. Mitochondria health. It destroys bad bacteria. It makes you grow. It releases hormones through your brain. Your skin essentially is a light magnet. It's like an antenna to light. It's almost as if the skin was designed to be a light receptor, the whole thing, and then also do everything else. If you don't get sun on your skin or in your life or on your crops or on your grass or anything else, everything dies. Therefore, sunscreen is horrible. We'll get more into that in a minute. But this is an area where if you follow the money, you will see that sunscreen is worthless. It's also bad for your skin. Much better would be to build your solar callus instead of slathering on skin-damaging garbage. So why is sun so important for you and your skin? Well, first thing it does, it creates your own water. Then it also creates water-soluble vitamin D. Water-soluble vitamin D is very interesting. You have multiple forms of vitamin D, which is a hormone. Let's go back to the vitamin part of it. It actually, in the water form, lubricates areas of your body. Isn't that interesting? It lubricates your body. Joints, muscles moving. If you remember the fascia episode we just had, vitamin D is responsible for the ability for your body to move and flex and these kinds of things. Crazy, isn't that amazing? You wouldn't think about it. No sun, no lubrication. It also creates what's called cholesterol sulfate, which your body uses to make sex hormones. 
and so many other hormones that repair your skin or your organs or systems in your body. So without the sun, you'll have a hard time repairing your skin or all those other areas and systems. It also helps your body create peptides. I know you've heard so much about peptides. They're awesome. You got to be careful using them. They're extremely expensive to purchase. If you go to a clinic that gives those to you, very, very expensive. You can make so many of these peptides just by getting in the sun. You don't have to purchase them and you don't have to inject them. Sun kills disease. It is like the overall antiseptic and sterilizer for disease. Everything in your body that would be diseased is helped by the sun. And one of the ways that the sun helps you fight disease is through your eyes. If you don't stimulate the brain in all the wavelengths, you are unhealthy. Guess what stops that? Well, that would be sunglasses. You can buy sunglasses that actually will lower the amount of light that comes in, but will not remove the beneficial parts of light. Look into those. Actually, really, really cool. I approve of those. I just don't approve of UV blocking sunglasses. Why would you say that, Eric? Well, because you've been sold a lie. They want you to believe that UVA, UVB, and guess what? There is a UVC. You just probably never heard about it. So of all the microorganisms that we deal with on a regular basis that are negative, UVC kills every single one of them. They cannot live in UVC light. Sounds like something I want. Sounds like this is one of the reasons why sun kills so many bad critters. UV light is antifungal. It's antiparasitic. It's antibiotic. Hmm. Why would anyone tell you to stay out of the sun? Isn't that a good question? So we think it is bad. Like, let's say the new controversy that we're hearing about is truck drivers who get one side of their face or their arm messed up. Well, guess what? Why does that happen? Because glass blocks UVB. Too much UVA imbalances your mitochondrial use of UV light. If you go back and listen to my light episode, I believe that is episode 15, your body wants UV rays. They are not bad. They're only bad if you imbalance them. What's another way to imbalance them? Oh, that would be sunscreen. Sunscreen actually filters out UVB, just like glass does. So then you created imbalance. You need UVB in order to work with vitamin D to transport that throughout the body. So the body sees vitamin D and gets UVB light and transports it. They work together. Plus, sunscreen has all kinds of chemicals that are known to be terrible for your skin. So what's the point of using them? Now, we're worried about the sun, but we're not worried about the chemicals literally destroying your skin directly. You slather it up, you put it all over your body or your face or anywhere else, and then that coating makes its way into the skin layers and also into your body as a whole, and they're damaging. These are chemicals. They are not using good things like Zinc oxide, the carrier substances that are in the product, are terrible for your skin. 
so you're trying to stop the sun from hurting your skin. In reality, you're helping it. Actually do just that. And I'm not kidding. I know this sounds really weird, but this whole podcast is here to dispel the truth. I'm cutting through what you've been sold. I say this more and more now because this is serious stuff. You believe because you've been told by all these people that this is the way. Is it the way? Well, if you did some research to find out if what you're being told is the truth, you would find that most of that is nothing but follow the money. There is no science backing that kind of stuff. And that the science that does back the truth, they don't want you to know this. So on this topic, you might say, wait a minute, Eric, what about skin cancer? Like melanoma. All right, what about melanoma? How about Bernard Ackerman? Never heard of him? Yeah, you probably wouldn't have. Your dermatologist is never going to tell you this, or your doctor or anybody else. But he wrote a book called The Sun and the Epidemic of Melanoma, Myth on Myth. So instead of me citing a whole plethora of studies, which I could list God knows how many, I'm going to say, go read Ackerman's book. Look it up. You will see. You've been lied to. No sun equals death. Take away the sun, your plants, your tomatoes, your peppers, and everything you grow in your garden is dead. So will you be. The closer you live to the equator, there's actually less melanoma. They have less freckles, less dark spots and moles and all kinds of things. Because the more sun, the better diet, the less skin routine will definitely help you get rid of skin cancers. Why not let your skin do what it knows how to do? Why are we interfering with it? I know you want to help your skin, but you don't have bad skin because you don't have a cream, because you haven't seen a dermatologist. You don't have bad skin because you don't shower, or you shower too much, or any number of things. You have bad skin because you've been sold to believe you need processed foods, put a whole bunch of stuff on your skin, get injected with all kinds of things you don't need, watch television, don't get outside, buy stuff that you don't need because they make you think without it, you can't be healthy. You can't be a better person. You can't be attractive. Well, guess what? You've been sold. <laughs> Sucker. All right. I got to calm down. As you can see, it gets me worked up. But diet and sun are definitely the most important things. If you're insulin resistant, you're eating a high-carb diet, you will develop skin cancers. That's a fact. Cancer lives on sugar. It's its main food source. Always has been. Never going to change. Guess what fights it? That would be melanin. Where do you get melanin? Well, you get the production of melanin from being in the sun. Isn't that awesome? Now, stress is another major culprit. You can actually see it on people's faces. You know, those with high stress that affects them, they look sickly. Now, there's good and bad stress. I'm referring to the negative stress. It robs you of all your positive hormones and nutrients, and then your skin suffers. You get inflammation and puffiness and all sorts of skin issues. The other one is sleep. 
Well, that goes hand in hand with stress, but you repair while you're sleeping. So no or poor sleep is a recipe for poor skin. One of the best things you can do for skin as far as vitamins are concerned or, you know, eating would be to get vitamins A, D, E, and K. I think this is the third or fourth time I've mentioned this, but I will do an episode on these. Trust me, they are so important for your health, it's ridiculous. One of the ways that you can get these is liver. I know it doesn't taste good. There are lots of different types of liver, from chicken livers to wild turkey livers. There's so many different ways. There's fish livers. Lots of people that consume these find ones they like, and then they're like, this is actually tasty. Even liverwurst is a good source of these vitamins from liver. And no, you can't get too much. No one's going to sit down and eat that much liver. It's ridiculous. Well, there's these studies that said this person had too much liver and they got sick. Okay, backtrack. What happened during the situation? Well, they never really get into all of those. Trust me, none of those exist. You've been lied to again. Liver is super healthy for you. I'm not saying you have to eat it. I'm just saying if you want the best source of vitamins A, D, E, and K, eat liver. Otherwise, egg yolks. Egg yolks have a lot of vitamin A and a million other things in there that are good for you. Things that we don't even know are in there. Yet you look at that egg yolk and it's just so normal looking. You just look at it and think it's just yellow and kind of round and doesn't look like much. It's sort of simple looking. I don't know how to describe it. And yet it is so nutrient dense, it's insane. All you need is two egg yolks a day to get your vitamin A content. By the way, it also has D, E, and K. I would prefer people to have more than two per day. I'd have as much as you want. If you want 10 eggs a day, eat 10 eggs. I always do extra egg yolks in my daily egg consumption. I also use ghee and butter in my eggs. You can't get enough ghee or butter in your diet. I've told you before, ghee increases structured water content in your body. Number one way to get it. Butter is so loaded with nutrition. I mean, so is ghee, but ghee is much more expensive than butter. Butter is so important for your health. It's insane. You should be getting a stick of butter a day. I know that sounds like a lot. It's actually not that hard. If you split it up between all the meals you have, it's not very much. Plus, once you start consuming butter on a regular basis, individually by itself, it's very tasty. You can just take a tablespoon, throw it in your mouth, melt it. It's so delicious. Also fatty fish loaded with A, D, E, and K. All right, let's move on. I got a lot more for you. You want to get rid of a pimple? Oh, cayenne. Yep, that cayenne pepper you've heard about. Get some uh, cayenne powder, mix it with lemon juice or honey, or just do it with a little water. Dab it on your pimples, throw a Band-Aid over it overnight, and it will be either gone or almost totally gone next day. I've heard that testimony, I don't even know how many times. Maybe it's two nights, but at least it's super fast. Anti-inflammatory, lemon juice is acidic, and the honey, of course, we all know how good honey is. On to my new favorite topic. If you listen to 
Monday minutes about whether or not you should use soap in the shower. Yeah, my new thing is we don't need soap at all. And I didn't know this until recently. This will blow your mind. Why is soap harmful? Soap contains surfactants. I know you've heard these before. It's what breaks down all that grease while you're washing your dishes or washes the oil off your body or gets the oil out of your hair or cleans your car when you use it. Surfactants work with water to break down the surface tension of all the things like oil and dirt and all this kind of stuff. They're foaming and they're detergents. Here's the problem. They build up in the skin. Remember, I talked about the stratum cordineum. That's the first layer covering your skin. That's dead skin cells and fats that protect everything underneath. It's like a shield. It's an armor. Surfectants get rid of that. And then they build up inside that skin, the first kind of a certain depth. And then they cause microscopic splinters. It's like having little knives piercing and interfering with all the cellular structure of your skin. They don't wash off after rinsing and they build up daily, yearly. Not only do they rupture and tear apart your skin, but they also create dysbiosis. That's the imbalance of the good microbiome on your skin. Even natural versions do this. All surfactants do this. So we say to ourselves, I don't want this oily skin or oily hair or whatever. And so we use detergents, soap, surfactants. Well, then why do we have oil glands? Why does your skin have oil glands and a lot of them? Well, that's because you need oil. Your skin wants to be oily because then it's supple. It's soft. You dry it out. It becomes brittle. You lose the stratum cordineum, which is the barrier to protect you from having all kinds of skin problems. Go back and listen to my Monday Minutes about soap. Do you need it? Oil is what is going to make you look younger and healthier, less wrinkles and all these issues. Now, so if your skin wants oil, you can use actually on your skin to benefit it, to clean it, to nourish it. You just have to be careful to use oils that come from reputable companies. You want to look for certified organic, as usual. When you use oils for your skin, and I'll get into those oils, but if you're going to use oils, they are going to be expensive for most of them, but they're also the most nourishing. So a little goes a long way. You only need to cover the skin. You don't need to feel greasy. The right oils will be absorbed pretty quick, like really, really fast, like 26 seconds fast. Then you won't have to worry about fillers because they're quality products. There's little to no water in these products, even if it's a cream or something that's oil-based. And I can't stress enough, water in your products dilutes them. What are you paying for? Now, the average person uses 10 to 12 skin products a day. If you're going to do that, why not use a product that can be used on many areas of your body? Therefore, you're spending a whole lot less. 
You've been sold to think you need special products for every area of your body. Well, guess what? You don't. You don't need heel cream, toe cream, leg cream, knee and elbow lotion, body lotion, hand lotion or cream, face lotion, eye cream, and conditioner for your hair. It's total nonsense. They got you believing their lies. So instead of buying one product, you bought 10 to 12. So Eric, but what about things like exfoliation? Don't I need to exfoliate my skin? Nope. Never ever do you need to exfoliate your skin unless you have a legit problem. Like a mold issue or gangrene or something weird like that. The rest of us don't need to do any of that. And we, of course, think that, but Eric, our cells are dying and I got to get rid of those so that I can have the new fresh cells come to the surface and I look so pretty and so beautiful and my skin's so smooth and I look so young. No, what you are showing is premature skin. You don't have your stratum cordineum protecting those under layers. Your cells die faster than you can scrub them off. You need that layer to protect all the skin underneath it, which will then give you better overall skin quality. Many of the skin issues are just microbiome dysbiosis. When you interrupt the communication of the good or bad microbes, that communication is actually called quorum sensing. So when we think of the microbiome in our stomach, our gut, our skin, anywhere else, orally, those bacteria actually communicate with each other through quorum sensing. Isn't that cool? That's what it's called. They communicate. You disrupt that communication, you disrupt that microbiome, and you could be in a serious problem or just a minor little tiny skin problem. But you don't want to interrupt that. So you have to be careful who you are interrupting, good or bad scrubs and peels, they're only necessary when you have a condition that requires that. Otherwise, you'll be stuck in the continuous loop of having to do it because you're getting rid of that stratum cordineum and your microbiome, making you susceptible to the environment, especially dysbiosis. Then you have to keep doing it regularly or else you have red skin or itchiness or even things like dry patches or oily patches, redness, um, acne, puffiness, wrinkles, scaly skin, discoloration. The list goes on and on because your skin is not protected and the microbiome is in dysbiosis. You don't want that. You don't need to scrub or peel your skin unless it is a medical issue. There are things in our skincare products that are not good for you and others that are very good for you. One of the worst that you can have in your products is glycerin. What is glycerin? It's sugar, by the way. It will cause cells in your skin to shrivel. So at first, Glycerin, because it's osmotic, which means it sucks in water, will look like, oh, my skin plumped up. 
and I have less wrinkles. Well, then when the moisture goes away, it's actually worse and more dried out. Glycerin can be used temporarily, like if you were in a photo shoot or something. Other than that, you never want to use it. It's also a filler. So if you're buying something for 25, 30, 40 bucks, and it has glycerin in the first two ingredients, you're paying mostly for something that costs hardly anything, pennies. Which brings me to oils. The oils that they use in skincare products, most of them are horrible. They're rancid, especially the larger companies' products. They're all rancid. Most of the oils you buy in the grocery store are all rancid. Very rare to get fresh oil that's not rancid. Why would you want to put that on your skin? We'll get more into this in a second. So let's get into something that's free <laughs> and easy to do. Facial exercises. They'll help you tone and texturize your skin. There's a ton of exercises on the internet. It doesn't even matter which ones you do. Essentially, most of them are really awesome. But there's ways to massage your face and exercise your face that will lift and structurize the muscles so that they look better according to you or how that would work with your face. So we exercise our body, but not our face. And then we wish our face was attractive. So you can exercise your face as much as you can exercise your body. If your nutrition is bad, then you lose bone as well. They can actually scan the bone structure of your face and your skull and see the loss as you age. So one of the reasons that your face looks the way it does as you're aging is because of that bone structure. So we think it's skin and we don't realize, no, 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 it's not just skin. It's muscle and bone underneath. So you keep going to the spa, not realizing, well, guess what? It's bone and muscle as well. So if you think about it, genetics might play a role in this. So somebody says, you look so young for your age. Well, yeah, it's more than your skin. It has to do with your structure underneath. So why not work on that? They're free. You can do it all day. Your diet will improve your bone, but your musculature underneath your skin, you can do that while you're at work, while you're driving your car. You can do it all the time. You can work those muscles continuously. I think that's pretty cool. Anything that's free and has that much impact in your life, why not? All right, I'm going to run through a few new things for you that you never thought about. We're getting a little bit long, so I'm going to make this shorter. We're always concerned about our skin, which is on top of our muscle and skeletal structure. Did you know you can use your face to determine what's wrong inside your body? So let me hit a few of these for you. This is not extensive. This is just some quick stuff. Just help you see that your face, the way you look, can actually determine where your health problems are. So if you have a loss of eyebrows, like your eyebrows are thinning, especially on the outsides of your eyebrows, not towards the inner area like your nose, but the outsides, thyroid. Oh yeah, thyroid issues. You will lose hair, top, bottom, all of your body with thyroid problems. Dark circles under your eyes. Insulin resistance is a major problem with your kidneys. When your kidneys can't filter fluids in your body, 
that will show dark circles under your eyes. Another reason why you should go low carb. Blackheads, low vitamin D. Well, how do I get rid of blackheads, Eric? Get your butt in the sun or get red light therapy or blue light therapy and get that vitamin D working. That'll clear up blackheads. If you have rough, scaly skin, dermatitis, dry eyes, dry hair, yeah, you're not getting enough fat in your diet, especially omega-3s. So increase omega-3s, and then of course, increase saturated fat. That will balance out the fact that you, in this condition of dry skin, dermatitis, dry eyes, dry hair, you have too much omega-6. Omega-6, yeah, that's going to do a lot of things. Where do you get omega-6? That would be the seed and vegetable oils, or chicken especially. A lot of people eat chicken, don't realize, full of omega-6, actually give your skin a dry look. If you have chapped lips or cracked lips, vitamin B2, and also you have too many carbs in your diet, or you're on a low-fat diet, or you're eating a lot of flour, wheat flour. Anytime you do flours, flours will destroy your body through insulin resistance, and it sucks out a lot of the good fat-soluble vitamins, and you'll have things like scaly, itchy skin, cracked lips, cracked knees and elbows, all of that stuff. It's incredible how the foods you eat can suck out oils, even though you think, I'm eating something that's oily, why is it not working? Too many omega-6s. Facial hair can be a sign of high negative androgens. So when you go work out, you make androgens. And the positive androgens happen in the first 45 minutes of exercise. After that, all the negatives start showing up. So if you're in high stress or you work out a lot, you're probably producing a lot of negative androgens. That can contribute to facial hair. Same as acne. Acne is high negative androgens. How do you increase your good positive androgens? Don't work out as much. More intensity, less time. Lower your sugar and lower the seed and vegetable oils. If you have insulin resistance, you'll also get a round face. You'll look in the mirror and go, man, I'm so puffy. Yep, that's because you're eating too many carbs, too much sugar. If you have things like red cheeks or red spots areas on your body, you're like, whoa, that's just red. It's not really venous or, or a lot of capillaries. It's just kind of red. That's most likely dysbiosis. That's a bacterial imbalance we talked about earlier. If your skin is super oily, that's the androgens again. They're overactive because of the negative androgens. Got to get those suckers under control. Vitamin D is great for that. So Eric, what products should I be using on my body and my face? Well, you can use products if you like. You don't have to, but in a lot of cases, they're really good for you. A lot of people make great products for your skin. Others make really terrible stuff. Just because it's expensive doesn't mean that it's good for you. Go to the large department stores and that will make my case for me. You don't need skincare products, but if you want to use them, knock yourself out. 
it makes you feel good, great. You like the way it smells? Awesome. If it makes you feel better about yourself, like you think I did this, therefore I'm better? Great. That's good mental health. Just realize, do you need anything? No, you don't. Questions to ask yourself about these products would be, how natural do you want them to be? How much do they cost? How many chemicals are you putting on your skin every day? Then multiply that times all the years. Then add all the chemicals from your skincare products with all the chemicals that you're ingesting in your diet. You see, there's very little science done on ingredients that are in these products. Believe it or not, all this stuff you hear about percentages of wrinkle reduction and all this stuff, most of that is nothing but garbage. It doesn't exist. You've been lied to. You've been sold to believe. But there are things that do have real science backing them. One of those things would be essential oils. I am right now looking at a book that is two inches thick of herbal and essential oil clinical trials, all the evidence backing their use and what they can do for you with side effects as well, by the way. And it's astounding. It's called, if you want to own it, and this should be in your library, it's called Principles and Practice of Phytotherapy, Second Edition, Modern Herbal Medicine. It's a textbook. So if you don't like to read textbook style information, this is not the book for you. This is irrefutable. You cannot refute anything in this book. Carrie Bone and Simon Mills, legit. I'm telling you right now, amazing. This is a go-to. So of all the essential oils for your skin, the king is frankincense. It literally does everything you want. It's an astringent. It's anti-inflammatory. It reduces pain. It'll help you breathe, boosts your immune system, and prevents all kinds of illnesses. It's a balancer of your hormones, protects your skin, and prevents aging of your skin. It can help you sleep. Who doesn't want that? Improves your brain function. Things like concentration, mood, even helps to relax you. You can use it in your hair. You can clean your house with it and so many other things. How many ingredients in your skincare products you currently use can do any of that? I mean, seriously. I put a link in the show notes of just a frankincense. It's just fine. doesn't matter which one you buy. If you're buying essential oils, you don't want to buy them diluted. Dilute them yourself. You want to buy 100% undiluted. Now, when you're buying products for your skin, if the first ingredient is water, just know that that's usually the worst thing you can see. That means there's very little of all the other stuff. If it's super thick, you've got a lot of fillers. If the thickness is because of the ingredient that you want that makes it thick, well, then that's fine. Like aloe, you know, aloe is not thin. It's kind of thicker. So you have to use your brain a little bit, but essentially most companies will use water to thin it out and make more money. This is where oils come in. If you buy straight essential oils and then add them, to carrier oils, you know exactly what you have. 
The water that they use can matter as well. What kind of water is it? Could just be junk tap water concentrated. Then you put it on your skin and your body can't filter it. See, if you drink water, you can filter a lot of that garbage that's in there. But you can't when it's put directly on your skin. Goes right in and destroys those cells. After all, this is a skin episode. I would be remiss not to talk about that topic of natural makeup. I think it's important. I think it's so important that the number one area I think that women worry about would be wrinkles around the eyes. Am I right? So then we use makeup around the eyes that destroys the skin. Isn't that interesting? Why not use a makeup that doesn't destroy the skin and actually, in essence, might actually help the skin? Then you don't have to use those weird barriers. You know, I know they have makeup products to lay down before you add certain products to increase their effectiveness. Why not just get rid of all of that and make it more simple? I'm just saying. I'm also just going to say that some of you need makeup. Oh, come on. I was just kidding. I guess the question begs, do you even need makeup? Some of you don't, but yeah, I have to admit, others do. I'm sorry, that's just the way it is. <laughs> Many men could probably use some makeup, you know what I mean? I have a question for you. If you were in the woods, living by yourself or in a tribe with very few people, in the most simplistic terms, would you put anything on your skin whatsoever? Why would you need any skin product if you were living in the woods? You know, third world countries, they don't use products on their skin or soap all that much, if soap at all. Most of them have amazing and beautiful skin. So many reports and testimonies of people going to Africa or South America or Asian countries in the areas that are more third world. I don't mean the cities. I'm talking outside that, that they don't use anything. And the things they use are things like lard, you know, animal fat, or just straight river water, or they don't put anything on their skin at all. So why do we have to do that? Would that be because we're counteracting all the other things we do unhealthy in our life, therefore showing in our skin, and then we have to counteract that with skincare products? I'm just throwing that thought out there for you. You know, in health, one of the things you always have to think about is the approach. Am I going after symptoms or am I going after the cause? Scaly skin, oily skin, or any other skin problem is usually a symptom. It's not a cause. Find the cause, symptom goes away. One of my favorite things that you can use for not just your body's health, but it absolutely impacts your skin. The number one mineral that you could use is zinc. Zinc will massively impact the microbiome and the ability for your skin cells to repair themselves. Zinc empowers 350 different enzyme systems in your body. This is why you hear so much about it. It's super, super powerful. Zinc and magnesium, the two most important minerals to get. If you're on a low-fat diet, you're missing saturated fat. Saturated fat will be what moisturizes your skin and everything internally, by the way. So if you're going to 
go on a low-fat diet, just realize you're going to look old pretty quick. Fat plumps your cells up, but in a good way, not in a bad way. Inflammation is the one you don't want. Fat entering the cells to give moisture and balance are the ones that make you look youthful. You definitely want to get a shower filter. I must have said this five or six times by now, but if you don't have a shower filter, it's one of the most inexpensive and best things you can do for your health, especially your skin. 20, 30 bucks, or if you want to spend a lot, go up from there. Change that filter often. You need to be on a regimen for changing that filter based on where you live. Maybe where you live, there's so much sediment that the filter is toast in two months. Other places, it's six months. I replace mine every three months, and I totally know the difference. And it increases the flow of water, which makes your shower so much better. Don't we all know that? Tap water has 35,000 known contaminants. Why would you want that going on your skin? Now, water will take a little bit longer to enter your skin and create havoc. Things that are fat-soluble that are in that water, although will go in in about 26 seconds. So general water and water-soluble substances won't get in there as fast. That stratum corneum protects that water from entering your skin. Your body doesn't want water. It wants fat. Then the fat-soluble substances that are in water will go in quicker, within 26 seconds. Once it's in the body, your body can then filter and neutralize toxins. So you want to limit as many as possible. That's where the filter comes in. I mentioned before on the episode Monday Minutes of should you use soap in the shower, linen washcloths, if you lightly use those to wipe your face and your body, these are awesome for your skin. By the way, I've been asked, what do I buy? I'll put a link in the show notes to linen washcloths at Amazon. doesn't matter. Linen, if you remember, has a vibrational frequency of 5,000. It's the most healing of all cloths. Super good for your skin. Mild exfoliant if you want it. The lighter you go, the less exfoliation. The stronger you go, the more exfoliation. Don't think you need exfoliation, but if you really want it, have fun. Got to be careful with the essential oils in your products that you buy. You want to make sure that it's not too destructive to the microbiome and cause that dysbiosis. Using things like neem or oregano or tea tree oil, things that kill, that's not always good. You kind of want to sort of keep to the things that kill, but don't kill the bad guys and the good guys. If you use a lot of the essential oils, you don't need to use most of these things daily either. Your stratum corneum is enough 90% of the time, unless you have a legit medical problem. Then you can add all these different essential oils. Plus, you're not spending a lot of money constantly buying stuff. Water's amazing to clean your, your skin. And of course, I'll say again, Stop eating seed and vegetable oils. These destroy the skin. They actually destroy all tissues in your body. Every single one of them. It is going to come out eventually. Full mainstream. 
that seed and vegetable oils are the number one or number two reason for ill health. Sugar, carbohydrates, seed, and vegetable oils, the two major killers. Go back and listen to my episode of The Two Killers. Okay, okay, I know. (laughs) I know. You know, Eric, I've heard that doing a face mask is a good thing to do. Sure, go for it. Just be careful. Be careful what you're using. You can make a very easy face mask using raw honey and some essential oils or lard with essential oils or any of the clays. You got to be careful with the clays. They're absorbing all the oil out of your skin. So you got to know how to use those. Good companies that make really good clays that understand this will tell you we are balancing the oil content while using these clay products. By the way, I've said this, I think one other time, but this is one of the most fascinating things and I still don't know how it works. I'm still looking into it, but if you ever burn yourself like in the kitchen or something or at work, but you know, a legit skin burn and it is super painful, regular yellow mustard, just slather that stuff all over the burn. It is an instantaneous pain relief. I don't know how that works. Some say it's the turmeric. Some say it's the mustard. Some say it's the vinegar. I don't know. Could be blocking the air getting to it. I don't know. But it's absolutely incredible. And it happened to me. Used a whole bunch of things. Nothing worked. Saw it. Did it. It was immediate. Awesome. Super cool. And who wants to hurt that bad? No one wants to address this. They all want to eat whatever they want to eat. They want to consume foods they want to consume because they're comforting and that's part of their belief system of what they've been sold. But your gut health is your skin health. If you want to know what your gut's going through, look at your tongue, your eyes, and your skin, and you will know how good your gut is. Yeah, of course, you could say things like your body weight and stuff. But visually, you look at yourself in the mirror, skin, eyes, and tongue. You treat your gut poorly, then the skin has to help flush all the toxins, all the inflammation. Of course, it's not going to look good. You'll have rashes of all different kinds. Then, of course, you'll have poor nutrient uptake, etc. By the way, if you want to increase your gut health, you can take a supplement called Buterate. There's lots of different versions you can buy. Doesn't really matter so much as getting it. Now, if you eat fiber, it's the only benefit that you get from fiber, but you don't need it if you don't consume carbohydrates. So it's this two-way path network where you need it if you consume carbohydrates, but if you don't consume carbohydrates, you don't need butyrate in the digestive system. Butyrate for all the external problems like your skin or your brain health, yes, you can take butyrate as a supplement. It's known as a post-probiotic. So it's not pre, it's not pro, it is post. It helps you build your microbiome as well. Super powerful for your immunity, not just growing the good guys. If you're going to use any type of oil on your skin, one of the best, it is not the best The best is, well, I will say out for debate 
But one of the best that you can use is jojoba, J-O-J-O-B-A. Not only is it good to moisturize your skin, but you can also clean your skin with it. See, you use water, get your face wet, a little bit of this water, rub it all over the place, take your linen washcloth I told you about and wipe it off. Or put it in a wet linen washcloth and, and kind of wipe it over your face, not too strong. Jojoba or most oils will detoxify your skin. It cleans your makeup off. It cleans the dirt and excess oils, things like these, but also nourishes them at the same time and keeps that stratum corneum. The only time you actually need soap is on your pits and privates. Go back to the peas again. So what about deodorant? Well, hopefully you listened to my Monday Minutes just two days ago, and I talked about deodorant. One drop of sandalwood oil underneath your arms for most of the year is all you need. Otherwise, you should be using a natural deodorant unless you have an actual perspiration problem. One of the things that most people don't realize is how important your oral health is to your skin health. They're actually connected. It starts in your mouth. And your mouth actually is your skin. Wait, what? Yeah, think about it. You have orifices of your body. You have the nether region, boy or girl, your ears, your nose, your eyes, your mouth. You have a skin or mucosal barrier. What you do in your mouth determines what's going on on your internal microbiome, which then nutritionally affects your skin. Doesn't sound like much. Well, what about all those people that have all these skin conditions? They clean up their diet, boom, now their skin looks awesome. Or they have an infection in their mouth and don't realize why their skin looks terrible. Then they correct that infection in their mouth and their skin clears up. Everything's connected. You want to digest and absorb your nutrients? Starts with saliva, which is the second thing that's closest to blood besides mother's milk. People discount how important oral health is. I will say oral health is more important than anyone realizes, which is why I did an episode on oral health. <laughs> I encourage you to go back and listen to that too. I'm sorry I keep saying that, but all these things are connected. You can't just do one thing, expect everything to be healthy. They're all interconnected. The last one I'll leave you with is aloe. Because we hear so much about aloe with your skin. Yeah, having an aloe plant that's totally organic in your house, cut off a little piece, use it on your body. Amazing. So many people that do that. I'm never, ever going to tell anybody not to do it because there's not a single downside. If you want to have something that is more concentrated, easier to use, portable, that would be aloe juice. My favorite brand is Aloe Life. This is one of the few that I will tell you, make sure you use my link in the show notes because this is legit. I did a whole episode just on this brand's aloe. Nothing else like it on the planet. Nobody's even close. They make just a straight juice. No sugar, no flavors. That, put in a spray bottle or wipe it on. You can use it as a hair serum. 
You can use it on any area on your body, any way that you can think of using it to heal. I mean, it's next level stuff. Literally has more nutrition than most things on the planet that we know of. Anyway, I use it every single day. You cannot go wrong. Karen, who owns that company, also makes a product called Skin Gel. By far, the most nourishing, most healing, most effective, and most affordable gel cream type product that you can purchase. Literally any skin issue you can think of, you can use it. It will heal everything. You want to add some frankincense oil to it or oregano oil or anything else? Go for it. You can use it as a base carrier for anything. Her products are so powerful, it's insane. You can use her skin gel or even the juice as a hair conditioner or lotion. Better yet, make a mask out of it. Clay plus the aloe gel or the aloe juice or any number of combinations. We all know how good aloe is for healing. Well, how about that healing every single day, multiplied over all the days, weeks, months, years, and decades. If everybody's looking for the magic bullet for nice skin, and aloe is inexpensive, and it works for all conditions and all healing of just about anything you can think of, why would you not want to use it daily? So you can see this is a long episode because it is there's so much information, I can't even just bring it into a small amount. I could do many more episodes. If you want them, let me know. We'll do more specific episodes on specific conditions or areas of your skin. Otherwise, I really appreciate you listening. If you know anybody who's interested in information like this, please send it. Forward this episode to them. I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves. If you want to contact me, my info is in the description box. Feel free to ask a question or suggest a topic, maybe some feedback, whatever. I look at every email and every comment, but please be constructive. I will not tolerate spam or rudeness or lewd comments. This is a place for healing and knowledge, not a negative space. If you want to read the transcript, it will be located on my website for each episode. It is therealityofhealth.com.